Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Token Podcast Interviews. I'm your host and sometimes referee, the friendly neighborhood Zach Sat Pearson. And I'm joined by she who is not actually from London, but is very good at doing those accents <laughs> through many years of practice and dedication. Uh, one Ginger and London. Yes, that is me. I am Ginger and London, the game developer, writer, and uh, artist. <laughs> Essentially, human oh. Bostonian Swiss Army knife. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, first and foremost, happy to have you on our quote-unquote year of interviews. Um, I kind of sort of planned on you last year, but last year was mm -hmm. weird, not necessarily because of the pandemic, but because I literally never had a stable schedule because I think I had four jobs just because <laughs> things kept getting randomly closed down if our manager or a boss got the cooties. So, yeah, it's not so much time was limited. It's more like I didn't know when it was going to randomly blow up in my face. <laughs> but, but you know, ironically, working at an airport now can, you know, stabilize your schedule, which is very ironic because most positions are not stable. Um, yes. Well, that's enough about my BS. All right. So I just want to know <laughs> primarily because I think the last time I spoke to you about anything creativity was like, literally weeks before I went into the army in 2013, but exactly how many mm -hmm. creative hats are you wearing? I only counted one last Ugh. time, but like I said, that was some time ago. <laughs> yes, indeed, it was. Um, I wear many hats. Um, basically, uh, some more fashionable than others. Uh, my hobbies mostly include uh, sculpting, uh, lightweight bodybuilding. <laughs> I'm not a pro or anything, but I, I do like to do that. Uh, I'm kind of obsessed with Beat Saber right now, and uh, uh, I play video games, obviously, and write novels, and for fun, paint and sketch at local cafes. And that's my hobbies, but for my career, I do, um, I work currently for a game called Primordial, uh, Primordial Prophecy. Uh, my boss lives in Denmark, and he's possibly the best person I have ever worked with in the field so <laughs> I really love him I also do commissions for authors doing their cover art and uh, yeah I'm working on a passion project um, it is a RPG pixel game uh, cyberpunk for my novel series Phoenix Undying and also working on a graphic novel for that as well <laughs> so yeah I'm pretty busy <laughs> I can't imagine what your coffee bill must look like <laughs> it is quite expensive <laughs> oh yeah so now this one kind of blew me away but i guess i could blame it on my own literal ignorance i had no idea the creator of cyberpunk like the actual aesthetic was still even alive like yeah it yeah it is the last I person I, I heard make something new that i knew was dead was like gary gygax and i only know that because <laughs> well his name is hilarious but also he was on futurama Yes, yes, I know. I, oh, man. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, cyberpunk is is really one of my favorite genres ever. And I'm kind of obsessed with it. So <laughs> I've always been in love with it since the 80s. You know, it was just so cool. Hey, at least you can remember <clears throat> the 80s. Yes, I know. Uh, so um, that being said, who is your favorite artist of all time? Also, why? This is oh this is a difficult one um it's i'm gonna have to say uh i don't know if you're familiar with his work but his name is danny lovisi uh he has done some really awesome cyberpunk uh 
illustrations. He does a lot of uh, art books. His most famous one is uh, Last Man Standing, Kill Book of a Bounty Hunter, and it is brilliant. Uh, his work is so detailed. It's beautiful, uh, original, just really cool stuff based off <clears throat> cyberpunk and uh, that genre, really post-apocalyptic even, too. It's really cool. Okay, yeah. well, I have actually heard of him. I still just can never spell his last name correctly. <laughs> but that being said, you know, as always, for the people who aren't going to listen to this on Audible and Spotify and all of that stuff, which we are actually on, um, make sure mm -hmm. you give me links later and whatnot so the YouTube folks can see stuff, too. <clears throat> cool. Danny LaVisa. Yeah, I definitely remember him, too. Um, all right. Yep. So uh, that being said, how did you end up in game design? Because I'm pretty sure that's not what you went to school for. <laughs> no, I definitely did not. Um, I started working on my own video game. Uh, it's an RPG and it was based off my novel series. And I started posting that and basically I got some attention for it. People started liking it and uh, some game developers started following me on Twitter and asking me if... I could do some work for them and yeah that's how it got out i have just a lot of game developers and connections with that and every time i post something they'll just write me something and saying hey i like what you're doing can you do something for me and and then it just kept going on and it just sort of like a snowball effect and i eventually did something for bethesda <clears throat> as a contractor doing uh, a little turnaround character for um like a zombie for evil within 2 and that was pretty exciting <laughs> yeah that was really cool i wonder if that was my fault or partially my fault <laughs> no because your your situation or at least your situation and how it relates to me is very 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 unique mm-hmm well, I hate to say it, and I mean I hate it because people will jack them for me before I can get a chance. I'm very good at recognizing <laughs> not talent so much as potential. So <laughs> uh, when you came across, and now this makes me sound like I'm some corporate bigwig, but I'm not any of that. <laughs> when you came across my desk, um, I literally asked, could I like go out of my way to just lock this person down? and throw stuff at them until you know something sticks aka till you take something because i saw potential all those many years or over a full decade ago and then on top yes. of that you you just mentioned bethesda which i was going to bring up because well i guess technically after this there is somebody i call him cj he's obsessed with mm -hmm. and loves science fiction but he also has homies at bethesda even got a free E3 badge off of them one day, which is why I'm not using his full name. But when he's not, you know, loving video games, he's actually a, an accomplished writer and he's also a four commission director. I'm trying to, a part of me is thinking like, you know, what if he reads your book and likes it? And maybe, I don't know, does mm -hmm. a little short film or gets commission, permission to do a short film off of it. I would be highly interested <laughs> in talking to him about that. The level of crap <laughs> that randomly links back to you is weird. Um, then there's also the Rockstar situation, but no, that's not a literal Rockstar. It's more like the company named Rockstar, but mm -hmm. I don't think you've met him yet, but uh, we'll, we'll put a pin in that one. So moving on, um, what video games would you say were the most influential inspiration for you? Now it doesn't say growing up, but pretend that it does. Okay. Um, yeah, it would definitely be the retro uh, Japanese role-playing games back in the day. Man, I loved those games. Uh, 
Uh, I have so many good memories with that. And um, also the Elder Scrolls uh, series, Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim. Obviously, Bethesda's like one of my favorite game companies. And um, yeah, and the Horizon series too. I, I would have to say it's the one of the most be brilliant, beautifully told looking games ever. And I fell in love with it immediately. It was definitely love at first sight. <laughs> Okay, that one technically doesn't count, but it is fire. But yeah, moving back into this, uh, number five, which I'm, this is probably the question I'm most curious about. If you weren't involved in the arts, what career field do you think you would be in right now? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would be a paleontologist. I love, and I... <laughs> I know. I know it's very random. Uh, I love dinosaurs. I love working with uh, intricate detail work. And uh, I just also, um, I love dinosaurs <laughs> and their history through their bones fascinates me. So uh, I also love science and prehistoric past of our planet. So it's very fascinating to me. I, I kind of could get lost in that forever. And I wouldn't even care. I would just live in a trailer for the rest of my life, digging up bones. And that would be my life <laughs> if I wasn't doing this. <laughs> Literally, if we weren't talking about dinosaurs, that would be kind of scary, but I totally get it. <laughs> Technically, you're not from the Power Ranger generation, but I'm not going to lie. The Power Rangers has inspired a lot of people to do one of three things. Number one, literally get a job where they think they're going to be a superhero fireman soldier police uh etc all that stuff or create new archaeologists or paleontologists i'm not even joking i got f 15 <laughs> yeah. friends that grew up on power rangers bare minimum 15 friends and i can tell you right now there's about 10 of them who told me they made their life decision because power rangers <laughs> that is I I honest I mean I did grow up in I was a kid in the 90s but I I was a little older but I still loved the Power Rangers so I um I did <laughs> I can understand why they would say that I loved the Power Rangers because they were mecha robot dinosaurs so that was truly pretty awesome for that time and uh yeah that was that I can see why they would want to but Jurassic Park I think was one of the major major movies that I would have probably that I could say I was highly inspired by um I, I thought right then and there I was like that's it that's what I want to be <laughs> I want to be a paleontologist <laughs> well if you ever want to meet them in fangirl uh they're in Chicago every single August usually about four or five mm -hmm. wow okay that's that sounds great. <laughs> Which I know that sounds mean, but I'm happy it's not the news. It's always the ones that everyone grew up with. Those are the ones that show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the retro uh, nostalgic ones. <laughs> right, I'm still blown away. And I know it's, it's messed up to say, but uh, Walter Jones, a.k.a. the first Black Power Ranger, told me to his face. Yeah, um, they did edit around his hands. Although you are most known for more traditional arts, you have also become a published author. What made you want to engage the world of literature or rather what made you specifically want to try to make a novel based in cyberpunk oh i see um okay i always loved telling stories uh ever since i was little i would tell them to my little brother to help him sleep at night and when i was younger i didn't know how to write very well i, I actually didn't believe i i could be a writer so i always turned to art in order to vividly tell a story through an image and by my late teenage years i got a old computer with a uh, Windows 95 on it and began writing my first book. And that was 
That was it for me. I was hooked and uh, cyberpunk was, it became my thing when I realized I, uh, I just really, I just was so inspired by a lot of cyberpunk uh, movies and television. I love, I'm a futurist, I'm a bit of a futurist, so I love predicting what you might see uh, even just a hundred to a thousand years from now. Uh, so that's something I really enjoy doing. Well, I'm not a futurist, but I do love <clears throat> predicting. But here's the messed up mm -hmm. part. Even though he's, if he were alive, he'd be damn near a hundred years old. My dad was the best at predicting humanity than almost anybody I that's know awesome. that's literally alive, which is so disturbing to me because he did not <laughs> like the future. He didn't hate new technology. He just got annoyed by it. Like, I remember one day I asked him, hey, hey, dad, well, you know how everything always changes? Yeah, every 20, 20, 40 years, things get a little bit different. I was like, okay, well, what's something that, you know, you thought was going to annoy you forever? Because he always said he hated new stuff. Well, what's something from the back in the day you thought would annoy you forever, but it didn't end up doing it? Sliced bread. Hmm. Now, as an adult, <laughs> I realized the depth and gravity of that statement. As a kid, mm, mm. what do you mean sliced <laughs> bread? It's like... Well, I mean, when I was growing up, everyone used to always complain about it. And it had been out for a few years. They said it was the bomb. They loved it. Hot diggity and all that other new stuff kids say. No one says hot diggity anymore, Dad. I promise. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, I thought it was going to annoy me because no one would shut up about sliced bread. But lo and behold, people eventually shut up about sliced bread. Now, he's telling me this when I'm seven. It does not hit me till I'm 17 how insane and epic that statement was. <laughs> I was like, you remember when sliced bread was new? I was like, no, but it would no, but by the time I was born, it had been out for four years. I was like, oh, <clears throat> you're almost as old as sliced bread. It's like, why are you acting <laughs> like you didn't know this? I've never hit my age from you. I was like, it just didn't hit me till now. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny how that stuff is because I my grandmother raised me and she's like ninety two now. And she was around during the time when they would deliver milk to the to the house, you know, and yeah, milk just man. all these when little old-fashioned things, man. you know. Yeah, they, and, and ice, the ice man would come by and bring ice to the ice box. And that's why my grandfather called it the, the refrigerator. He called it the ice box. And so for a long time, I used to call it the ice box, and other kids used to make fun of me. And I just thought it was really funny because I'm like, these things are so old, you know, and people don't, people don't realize how, how, Things have changed so quickly, and yet it feels like it, it was like centuries ago, but it was only like 100 years ago, 50 years ago, you know, it's just... I think it's pretty wild. I don't know. Uh, for number seven, what is the title and synopsis of your upcoming game? Because I figure we should spotlight that. Okay, I will do that. And uh, Okay, so it's called Phoenix Undying. It's about an immortal, whiskey-loving young woman from the future. In a post-apocalyptic cyberpunk world, all she has to accompany her is a loyal hoverbike with an AI, with an AI pup, like, it's like a puppy, you know, <laughs> he's like a puppy. It's a sassy artificial, in <laughs> um, it's a sassy artificial intelligence named Vivi and specially gifted 12-year-old boy she takes in under her wing. Together they meet a range of colorful characters, face rough terrain, exotic creatures, solve Earth's past, and face a pair of villainous siblings, all while possibly saving or helping to destroy the world. So uh, it's it's kind of a little comedic. It is, um, uh, Phoenix has a bit of a uh, comedic personality. She's, she's pretty badass. <laughs> um, has Sky Pirates. 
I don't hate cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of like the main characters always being pessimist. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of like an anti-hero. She's, she is like that. <laughs> okay, so yeah, go ahead and give me that link. Also, I'm just saying, um, yeah. based on what you said, that sounds like that should go in the back of the box. Just saying. Mm, yes, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it should. <laughs> oh, and if you ever want to kidnap any of my voice actors, hey, feel free. Most of them are bi or mm, trilingual I anyway, so. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so is it turn-based or action? Uh, it is, um, it's a RPG. It's just turn-based. Sorry, it's turn-based. Turn-based, turn-based. <laughs> oh, okay, that's from my, on my Twitter. I, I have a Twitter thing for that, so let me go to my Twitter. <clears throat> I'm almost scared to ask, but who's the main character based off of? Um, do you have a favorite game designer? And if not, what is your favorite genre and why? But you obviously have a favorite game designer. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> uh, some people are going to really hate me for this, but I love Todd Howard. I think he's brilliant and uh, pretty hilarious on how he handles his haters. <laughs> so, yeah, I love Bethesda. I'm a huge fan. Uh, they'll always have my heart. So Todd Howard is my favorite game designer. <laughs> okay. All right, number nine. <clears throat> Although I myself cherish all formats of artistic creation, there is an unfortunate perception that some forms are superior to others. For example, digital is better than hand-drawn. Do you think there are any ways to combat this perception or are we doomed to hear it indefinitely due to art by its nature being subjective? Ooh, uh, I do believe we are doomed <laughs> because I believe art will always be seen in the eyes of the beholder sort of thing. It's... Uh, all of us will perceive it differently, and I find a connection with it in our own, like, we'll find a connection with it in our own way. So art is just another form of self-expression to me, and uh, it allows us to connect to it in a way we know best. So I think it will always be a personal experience for us all, and people will decide what they, uh, what they believe is better or what they believe is true art in their in their eyes, really. I mean... That's basically my belief on it. Glad you feel that way. I share a similar sentiment. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, let's see. Number 10. What was the key moment in your life that made you realize, oh, snap, this is the career I want for the rest of my life? Uh, and given the fact <laughs> that you've got your hand in many, many things, um, I mean, as far as like drawing or doing artistic things. Mm, okay. Um. Well, uh, let's see. I just always had an eye for it. I, I was, as soon as I was very young, I just, I took a liking to anything in the arts. I loved, I, the minute I saw a piano at the age of six, I started playing it and um, I just, I couldn't stop. And I would, I started writing my own music and, uh, and then I took a huge liking to video games right away as well at the age of six. And uh, I had so many wonderful moments with my brother. <clears throat> a lot of it was when we were kids and I just think it was the best of times, you know. Uh, I wanted to bring joy like that to others in my work. So I think once in a while, escaping our world is highly needed. Uh, it gives us a bit of freedom from the negativity of our lives when we, when you can't afford to be free, you know. If you're going through tough times, art, music, uh, video games kind of help you escape you know it gives you this it gives you a sense of power and control in some way and uh, and with video games 
being in this career, it's for the evening, we get to be heroes in a world full of villains. And I kind of love that. Sometimes we get to be the villain. It's just fun, you know, we uh, being in this career and helping that to be expressed for people, I think is is healthy. I think it's a healthy way for us through art, music and video games, all of it, uh, the arts. It's uh, very it's a way for all of us to really uh, express ourselves. And I will love to be in any of that. So uh, it's very, um, I think it's very needed inspirationally for people all over the world. And it's definitely, it's definitely special. So. <laughs> Is there any skill left you think you need to learn artistically <laughs> or do you feel as if you're done and are in the mastering the craft phase and for the uninitiated or the non-artistic out there what that means is sometimes or depending on what you're doing um there are certain points in your artistic journey where instead of absorbing new techniques you have transitioned or you feel like you're ready to quote unquote transition into mastering them if not perfecting them if perfection can even be attained depending on who you ask it pretty much doesn't exist yeah, no, I, I always, um, I can always learn new things and I love learning. So any, we're always learning something new, even in um, game design, you're learning a new program, you're learning something new. So you're never really a master at anything until probably, I don't even think I can believe I can be a master at anything. <laughs> uh, I just think that really uh, just keeping the brain fresh and learning as much as you possibly can. Um, I'll continue to master my crafts, but, uh, you know, that I already know, but I do believe in always learning something new and keeping the brain fresh. Um, and, uh, yeah, is there anything in particular you want them to, you know, know about or where can they find you if they have questions or what do you feel like promoting? Go ahead and do it. Take as long as you want. Technically, this video has no time limit. Okay, um, I'll keep it kind of short, but my name is Ginger N. London. You can find my illustrated novel, Phoenix Undying, available now on Amazon. And feel free to follow me on Twitter at Ginger Ann for more updates on my game and any other work I'm currently doing. I'm also available for commissions or gaming-related work. And that's it. <laughs> uh, nothing wrong with keeping it short slash brief. Yep. Uh, with that being said, uh, Miss London, I appreciate you stepping through. And thank you for not mm -hmm. spilling Horizon Zero Dawn 2 for me. <laughs> Primarily because, well, I got caught up in actually getting my internet back, which, well, didn't even happen until like six days ago, despite me living here almost a full <clears throat> month now. So. Oh, no. <laughs> definitely an adjustment period to that. But I'll be sure to check in on you and see what new stuff that you can basically use me to promote mm -hmm. or, you know, possibly bug you like some of the other people who end up on my life story section. Uh, <laughs> it's more like here's some crazy or dangerous stuff that happened to me or a group of friends that we now think it's funny, but at the time was hella scary, but there was shooting. Yes, that is, that is very important. We need you alive. <laughs> Okay, and for those of you who are curious about the different ways you can hear slash see this particular episode, uh, please remember we are on Spotify, we're now on Audible, which means technically by extension, we're on Amazon Music. We can also be found on iTunes, YouTube, and Anchor.fm, as well as Listen.fm. No, they're not paying me to promote anything. I'm just letting you know how to find <laughs> us. <laughs>